Now, sprinkle your sparkles on your paste. Lisa, you're not sprinkling your sparkles. Shove it. <gasps> I have never seen a good student take such a slide. Lisa, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes that nobody gets any more Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we're here to review... I said, What's that? I said that like a robot. Did you? Uh, to my ears, it sounded like it was just, I am Mitch. I didn't mean for that to happen. Oh, apologies to all the listeners out there. I've set a new record for screwing up. That's <laughs> six seconds into recording. Today we're here to review separate vocations. Gonna be honest though, man. I unfortunately haven't had time to review the episode. Oh, okay. Did you skip ahead? That's fine. I'll take this one on my own. See you, Dando. <laughs> bit too busy playing Pokemon Go. Oh, is that what you've been doing? <laughs> you and ninety-eight percent of the population. Apparently. Yeah. What's What's the big deal with it, man? Well, you're the one. Don't get me started. <laughs> I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world. Can you tell me? But what is this Pokemon Go? I've I, I walked in today, shitty with the world because every radio station that I've listened to in the last few days has done that call up and just what's this Pokemon Go I've been hearing about I'm too cool to know about it call up and explain it to us like if I can spend two seconds I haven't played it but I know what it is because I have access to a computer and five seconds of spare time in the day it's really really fun now you've got to tease for the later in the episode as well too because I, I said to you oh, yeah, as well, we're discussing it I guarantee there's going to be copies of this game now yeah, just, so just di- different treasure hunts we're going to come up with some spin-off ideas that can latch on to this this concept of go out and about to find rewards. And it's going to be part of the mailbag? Uh, yeah, well, it'll be tacked on at the mailbag. At the end, when I can just We're fucking about. talk nonsense. Well, we've already got your feet up, so... You look relaxed. What was that? <laughs> what was that sound? That sound came through, so it's staying in. <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> gas, I suppose. It came out. <laughs> I'm leaving that in, man. You can't. That, that's staying I draw in. the line at that. That's unprofessional. <laughs> that's staying in. Uh, thanks to everybody who rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store this week. You look so embarrassed. I'm leaving it in. I legitimately am. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, it was a weird thing. Like, I don't mind being the fool on this podcast from time to time, and I don't mind, you know, deliberately sabotaging things, but normally I'm in control. <laughs> that came from nowhere. Your face always said, I hope you didn't hear that. <laughs> I thought maybe I was only hearing it in my ears. <laughs> Uh, right in, in mailbag at four figure discount. Tell worst, us what you thought about that sound. This is the worst start to a podcast we've ever done. I'm going to amplify it just to make sure everyone <laughs> can hear it. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store this week. If you haven't done it, please do so. Also, going to thank a few sponsors this week. Thank you to Stefan Coraveo or Corriview. How would you say this? Either way, I'd put it in chicken. Yes, it sounds like it, doesn't it? And Benedict Doran. That is a great name. Benedict. Awesome. Well, I like that you, you replied. Thanks, Benedict. Great name. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a very special shout out from Benedict as well. We do. We're going to do that now? Yes, let's do it now. Okay, nice. It is his girlfriend's 21st birthday. Yep. Her name is Fee. Happy birthday to you, Fee. And he has taken her all the way to Prague. So that's very nice. Where's he from? He might be next door to Prague. Maybe he lives in Prague. <laughs> <laughs> But apparently she listens to us as she goes to sleep every night. I took my I took my wife to Geelong for her last birthday. Did you? How'd it yeah. go? Uh, well, long trip. <laughs> 
traffic Long was story, awful. I'll tell you another day. Traffic was awful. No, happy birthday to you, Fee. But yeah, so this Friday, uh, for people that are listening as these episodes go out, or if you're listening to it down the track, then you can pretend it's whenever next Friday is for you. Anyway, 21st birthday, happy birthday, Fee. That was from Benedict. He asked to say happy birthday. There you are, sir. There you are. And thank you, Benedict, for donating to the show as well. If you'd like to chuck a couple of dollars our way, it's uh, fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate or just go onto PayPal and send it to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. Had a couple of people this week mailing us in saying they're from Ireland. Apparently, you can't use the PayPal service on our website if you're from Ireland. I've had a lot of people from Ireland. So, if you're from Ireland, you want to donate some money to us, just go straight to uh, PayPal and send it to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com with a message from you and we'll be sure to give you a shout out on the next show. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to get into a review of Separate Vocations. I was really looking forward to this one, by the way. I remember this episode being really good, but I don't think I've watched it in 15 years. I'd probably be the same, actually. And that's why I was really looking forward to it, because I remember it being really good. Yeah. I mean, the montage of the lockers was something that always stuck out in yeah. my head, and the see you in hell punk and that sort of thing. The, the, the chase scene, yeah. Yeah. There, although there's... <laughs> Damn boxes. There's, there were a few <laughs> things in that that I would never have picked up on when I was younger, as far as what they were working on parodying yep. in that I hadn't watched, you know, many police procedurals. Like in in Australia in particular, as a kid growing up, it's not like we were getting reruns of Starsky and Hutch and those sorts of shows. It's only, you know, now that I've gotten older and, and the spread of pay TV that you can actually see some of the stuff that they were making fun of there. Apparently, it's a takeoff of the show Streets of San Francisco or something along those lines. It, it was a takeoff of a lot of different things. Okay, though. yeah. So, like, that was parts of it. To an extent, it almost felt like a takeoff of Cops as well. Yeah. And even Wiggum, when he comes in and gives it that, well, it looks like you've bought yourself a lottery ticket to jail, sounded like the guy that does America's Wildest Police videos. Yeah. Like that. This guy just bought more than he bargained for. Type was, thing. Uh, like, he's unconscious, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> they can hear me. <laughs> I just think it's funny, this episode, and it's so good because it's so different. Seeing mm. Bart and Lisa roles reversed yeah. and the way they react to it. but the In a very good way, though. Yeah. I, f- I feel the overall theme of the episode is good, too, in a sense that Lisa's experiencing what most people experience, where you realize at that moment in your life when you're not going to do what you dreamed of. Yeah. And you don't... It, everyone reacts to it differently. Mm. No, it does bring up that thing of, you know, if you knew what the future was going to be or knew, you knew what you were going to be ten years in 10 years' time, would you continue to act the way you're acting now? I didn't realize these were an actual thing. I never did this in primary school. Did you do it? No, it felt... I mean, it, it, obviously it was in the States. These are a thing in the point. States, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they still are a thing now. Um, let us know if they are. But mm. it felt like career planning via BuzzFeed. Yeah. Like, you know, 40 questions to determine what you'll be in the future. <laughs> the way Bart reacted to having authority too was really good. The end of this episode is probably the best Bart and Lisa moment since Bart versus Thanksgiving. Whether on the yeah. roof. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why I, Bart and Lisa moments of, or Bart and Lisa episodes are always some of my favourites. So, I think that's why this episode in particular, I was really looking forward to watching again. I feel like this episode gets really undersold. It's such a good mm. episode, but whenever you're reading lists of top 10 episodes, top 10 moments, anything like that, it never makes it. Yeah. Ever. Well, I don't know that I'd put it as high as a top 10 though. Maybe you'd pop I it think in. You, you put it in your Bart and Lisa moments list, I think. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't remember if I did actually, but I was just thinking if I was to redo it, that definitely would have that included. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. So, a few facts about the episode before we get into the review. George Meyer, who wrote the episode, apparently the script, they, the final script that they used for the episode wasn't very much changed from the draft. Hey, it turned in a spec, strip, uh, spec script that yeah. was basically just, yep, done. The episode was inspired by the vocational test taken by several members of the show's staff when they went to school. Apparently, Mike Reese was told he was going to be a librarian. Okay. 
and then became the showrunner of one of the most successful TV shows of all time. Still uh, a disappointment to his family. Yes. <laughs> Came from a long line of librarians. Now, Steve Allen obviously makes an appearance in this episode doing the voiceover for Bart's court case. Yeah. And when he does the line of Icarumba, apparently yeah. it took him almost or more than nine takes to get it right. And by the end of it, the staff were getting really, really frustrated with him. They're like, can you please just say Icarumba? How, how could you fuck that up? What else would you possibly be saying? I I caramba? I caramba. I caramba. It apparently took him nine takes to get it right. Amazing. Ay caramba. Ay caramba. Ay caramba. Anyway, so the original air date was February 27th, 1992. The chalkboard gag was, I will not barf unless I'm sick. And the couch gag was, Bart leaps into everyone's lap. Now, the episode kicks off with Mrs. Cabrupple saying that she promised a surprise yesterday, now she's going to deliver, mm. and the kids are thinking in their minds what could it possibly be. Which was a direct repeat of a joke that they used in Homer at the Bat, where it Homer really gives, was, I've yeah. got a secret weapon, and they cut to three different thought bubbles. How did that not even dawn on me? I don't know. Every now and then I say things that are pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> and you go, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're so smart. <laughs> uh, Indian wrestling a snake is what Milhouse thought it was going to be. Al was giving ice cream out for free, was what Sherry and Terry were thinking, mm-hmm. and Bart thought the musical bubble was going to reveal to be an alien. It was adamant. I like. I knew it. I knew <laughs> it. Yes. Then there's the transition down into Lisa's class, yeah. and we get the snake in the wall, so another one of those classic transition in between wall gates. Yep. Miss Hoover announces there's going to be a test. Lisa's really, really happy. Oh, yeah, a test. Now, I thought with this gag here, they do it properly later in the episode for similar gags. I felt like they could have let it drag a little bit longer to let the gag sink in. She just goes... Oh, yeah, test. And they should have had all the kids sort of looking at her, like, confused and made... I feel like this gag could have been left for an extra two or three seconds of silence. Mm. Just to sort of reiterate the fact that she's the only one that... I guess it it contrasts, though, against what had happened previously. Because no one in Krabappel's class was excited. So, it almost would have been repeating just the fact that other kids don't like tests. Okay, yeah. So, it's kind of set up beforehand yeah okay yep yep but i think that's that's kind of what it is yeah the fact that it was more the the payoff to what they'd set up in mrs k so mrs hoover announces it as the career aptitude normalizing test or can't can't which was great (laughs) yeah there was a lot of really funny dialogue in this little bit like when we go through and do these reviews and i can normally just jot down the bits and pieces yeah yeah i had to repeat the first 20 seconds or 30 seconds of this episode about six times just to catch it all like the the can't bit and then mrs k talking about her shattered dreams some of you may discover a wonderful vocation you never even imagined others may find out life isn't fair in spite of your masters from Bryn Mawr, you might end up a glorified babysitter to a bunch of dead-eyed fourth graders while your husband runs naked on a beach with your marriage counselor so then we get the teacher start reading out the questions. Yeah. And Mrs. Hoover's, what would what do you like the smell of better? Gasoline, French fries, or bank customers? Yep. And yep. I instantly thought of you. What would you prefer the smell of? Uh, bank customers holding French fries. <laughs> what does a bank customer smell like? On a, on, okay, okay. This. Musty. On a Thursday afternoon, dull pay day. Mm, mm, pension. Pension day. day. What is Social bank, security, depending on where you're from. What does a bank customer smell like? Um, Probably... You kind of get this weird mix of like blue vein cheese and twisties. Nah, just like you, you know that general must that you get or musk when you've been in the same room as eight people for about six hours. Or when your clothes don't dry properly. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a damp. <laughs> <laughs> when you used to work behind the teller, were you mm. were you ever a bank teller? There was a time, yes. 
when people were walking in, would you just look at them and go, oh, this is going to be great? There were a few <laughs> that regulars where you had to have like a can of Glen 20 or deodorant on hand for when they left. Really? There's some people, I don't know how they get about life, but some people can <laughs> stink up a very large floor space like you wouldn't believe and just let it hang there and linger for, for months. Do you reckon they, they used to call them the cranberries. That was <laughs> so this is legit. Body odor, yes, it's a serious no, no, problem. But, 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 but people would literally smell that bad. Some people do smell that bad. And you actually had a can of deodorant ready to go. Uh, we would have a can of air freshener or something nearby. Um, That's amazing. I mean, it wasn't specifically for them. We had it for just being out the back. But uh, you know, like if you're in the kitchen or something and you cooked up a kind of spicy dal and you needed to just get the aromas out of there. <laughs> but no, every now and then you would need to give the place a bit of a spray down. How do we start talking about this? Uh, the smell of bank that's customers. Right. Stupidly specific cost, uh, <laughs> questions. Because I, I really laughed at Mrs. Krabappel. Um If you were an animal, would you be a carpenter ant, nurse shark, both real things, or a lawyer bird? Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the funny line of... Well, that was a waste of time. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. Then the guards come to collect the tests and they send them it's all very serious, isn't it? In the yeah, briefcase yeah. and everything. It's, it's like the Price Waterhouse Cooper guys when it's Brownlow Medal, like AFL Best yeah, and Fairest, yeah. or I don't know, presidential votes counts or something. There must be something in America where people treat it this serious. The Academy Awards. Why do I they bet them? you the envelopes for the Academy Awards would be hand delivered like this? They'd have to be because then they'd, be, they'd call bullshit if they didn't. Yeah. They'd say it would be rigged. Anyway, so they send the uh, test to the Iowa National Testing Agency in Proctorville. And do you know what have they been controlling since 1925, according to the sign at the front? Oh. I was going to make this a trivia question, but I should have. Was, doing was it futures or something like controlling that? Controlling your destiny since 1925. Okay. Yeah. So then it goes through the machine. Now, I've read <laughs> in the book that machine apparently is designed to have a face. Uh, it's just like those old cassette type spools. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Making up two eyes. As the, the funny gag of Lisa goes through, good. As soon as Bart goes through, it breaks. Yep. Then the old guy with the broom. <laughs> just Come on, Emma. Come on, Emma. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Just a guy rocking back and forth gently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think obviously the gag is the fact that they take it so serious getting the test there, and yep. the machine's just run by an old dude in a rocking chair. Yeah, <laughs> or that in the middle of Proctorville, Iowa, population six hundred. Yeah, that you've got this advanced supercomputer. Yeah, but an old man in a rocking chair bashing it. It speaks to a relationship with the computer. Yeah, like you could imagine that that guy's had that job for the last forty years. He used to be young. He probably built Emma. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Now, Dr. Pryor makes a return in the next scene. Yeah, he does. I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, it has been a long time since Pryor was in there. Now, do you think this might be the last time we see Dr. Pryor? I was thinking that, yeah. like he, I mean, It's not like you miss him when he's not there. I noticed the photos were different in his office. He still yes. had Einstein. The one on the right his... was... I didn't know who... I was going to ask you, did you know who that was? No, I couldn't tell. Okay. It would have been cool if it was still Bart. <laughs> it would have been, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, he's then giving the kids their results. I do you like the fact that Milhouse gets military strongman. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that's from nowhere. Then Lisa gets obviously. Then Lisa gets homemaker. Homemaker. It's like being a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so patronising. Then he gives Bart um, police officer. Mm. I was a big fan of Martin as well, by the way. Oh, yeah. Systems analyst. Systems analyst. Yeah, yeah. Systems analyst. Systems analyst. Yes. He gets what he wants. Yeah. Um, Pryor suggests that he wants to set up a ride for Bart in a police car just mm. to get a bit of experience out in the field. I was surprised that they had Bart disappointed to be a police officer at first. Why do you think they had him disappointed? Was he disappointed? Yeah, because when if, in the next scene when at the dinner table, he's like, uh, what do you get, yeah, Bart? He's that's like, true. police officer. Like, why well, because Bart's a rebel to authority and suddenly he has to be the... Like, he has to toe the line. He has to 
come down on people doing all the things that he loves doing. Like his initial thought would be, ah, I have to be above the board and a a straight citizen if I'm going to be able to police them. I thought they could have had Bart excited in the sense that he felt like he could have been a corrupt cop. Yeah, I guess he just taken advantage of the the access to guns and everything. He hadn't thought that far ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've no doubt he would become a corrupt cop. But we've actually skipped over before we get to the dinner table scene. Uh, the Dr. Price says, oh, even I was surprised. I had you pegged as a drifter. Yeah. <laughs> Bart, uh, Bart just sees that as the life. Yeah. It's like, oh, lousy sheriff. Yeah. Run me out of this town. <laughs> so random, but it's funny. Uh, then, uh, obviously, a bit to the family at the dinner table, Lisa's upset. A homemaker? I might as well be dead. Lisa, it's not that bad. And then Bart's still, as we said, not happy about being a police officer. And Marge says, You know, your father wanted to be a policeman for a little while, but they said he was too heavy. No, the army said I was too heavy. The police said I was too dumb. What I love is that that joke manages to pay out both of those forces in that it's saying that the army are stupid and the police are fat. So the army saying you're not fit enough and the cops saying you're not smart enough. So it doesn't matter that you're dumb, you're just not fit enough. Yeah, exactly. Ergo, if you can go to the army, just say yes and follow orders, that's fine as long as you can run over a hill. Well, this is a very anti-authority episode. Like, they even make mm. the teachers dumb at the end of the episode because they take the books away from the them. teacher's editions. Do those things exist? I presume they do. Well, back in the day, anyway. I've, I knew some pretty dumb teachers throughout my yeah, time in high school. Yeah, there were some pretty dumb teachers, particularly the ones that like fill-in teachers. Have I told you have, the story you, about... You, you yeah, were right and they were wrong, one yeah. of my, No, not me, one of my best, best friends, Tom. Yeah, Tom, yeah. yeah. Getting into an argument over whether or not Afghanistan was a real country. <laughs> Tom, it's not, and it's not. Tom, go sit outside. I can find it right now for you. On that globe. You see that globe? See what says Afghanistan? <laughs> no. Go to the principal's office. So, Lisa then explains how she's got her life mapped out, basically. Well, I'm going to be a famous jazz musician. I've got it all figured out. I'll be unappreciated in my own country, but my gutsy blue stylings will electrify the French. I'll avoid the horrors of drug abuse, but I do plan to have several torrid love affairs, and I may or may not die young. I haven't decided. And then Homer has the funny line of, well, is it anyone going to follow in my footsteps? And then we get a really long time of just nothing. And then they they add in the how just for ad benefit. I think it's the first time they've used a how. Usually it's like a tumbleweed or something, but yeah, yeah, hilarious. (laughs) Where is there a coyote in Springfield? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Then uh, cut to Lisa. Marge has taken her there to the music store. She asked the clerk or she's showing the clerk her sax skills. And they're really, really good. Mm, Got some good chops. And you're expecting him to say that she's good. And then he's yeah. like, look, Lisa, I'm going to be frank. And by frank, I mean devastating. <laughs> <laughs> You've inherited chubby fingers. Yeah. What? Cut back to Homer on the couch, yeah. dropping a beer. Oh, stupid <laughs> fingers. <laughs> you have a stubbiness. And then she has the, the realisation, my God, they are stubby. Yeah. Yeah. And then it cuts to the cops have come to collect Bart. Yeah. Homer's all the time whenever the cops at the door I didn't mean to steal it here yeah. take it yeah. or the copper wire this time copper wire that he just has right there at the door so then Bart says to the cops can I hold you what's he saying your nightstick he's like it's called a baton no no can can I, I hold your club can I hold your club it's called a baton what's it for we club people with it <laughs> <laughs> I loved everything about the, the scene when Bart's driving in the car the cops it's just absolutely amazing it's, before it's then obviously so we have, what I would be like if yes. I was a cop too yes. like you, you uphold the law but you're also kind of jokey about it before we get into it too much though, we've got to mention the scene of Lisa writing into her diary saying, this is where I entered all my hopes and dreams, but now I have none. So this is my last mm. entry. It's a really oh, depressing yeah, yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. I felt like Lisa here, again, she was written very dramatically, but not too dramatically, because you can understand why it would really cut her deep that yeah. she's been given homemaker. You find out that everything... I mean, 
the young kids, so you excuse the fact that they think that this is gospel. Yeah. But, uh, obviously, it's not. But, yeah, you find out that everything you ever wanted to be is not going to come. That would be upsetting. Exactly. So, now we get to the amazing scene of Bart in the backseat of the cop car. And it's just all the gags, like when they drive past the, the motel. Mm. And w- w- what's the one they use? Quimby's polling he's, the electric. He's polling the electric. That's yeah. a great double entendre. <laughs> That's worthy of, like, the carry-on films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's just so many adult jokes in this episode that just showed over my head as a kid like and even I love to like planting the seed they drive past the quickie mart and, and the poo's getting rubbed in the by background. snake and yeah. then snakes the one they chase down the car yeah, later yeah, on just planting cool. the seed there's little stuff like that I just love Quimby with his uh, how would you uh, like a street to be named after you yeah yeah. <laughs> and then the do you need to do you have straight A's to be a cop they just laugh that's yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have to say anything like you said they're just taking the piss out of Sideshow uh, side Mel with his dog they only come out at night. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> I forgot how great this scene was. Bart's sort of getting bored. He wants excitement. He's like, when mm. are we going to shoot somebody? And then I love Lou's line of, oh, too many people watch movies like McBain. Yeah. Just that line really shows just so much of a universe of creating The Simpsons. Like, they're referencing a movie that only exists in The mm. Simpsons. Yeah, that's true. They could have easily said, like, everyone watches Schwarzenegger films or something in the real world. But no, they've actually created this actual action star in yeah. the show, you know? Yeah, that's well pointed out. Yeah, yeah. So then we get snake driving by. But yeah, like it's it's not all you know, it's not all action. And then yeah, as soon as he drives, let's roll. <laughs> it's just cut into every action cliche that you can. Yeah, but it's ironic too in the sense that had they been doing their jobs properly in the first time, they could have stopped him at the scene. Well, that's true because they weren't paying attention. They're yeah. too busy talking about how they just do whatever they want. And then we obviously we get the car chase scene. Now there's a lot to discuss in this scene. Obviously we've discussed the parody. Do you want to explain that once again? The, well, not the parody, but like where they so threw its elements from. It's, it's in uh, brief. Some of the things that, I mean, there's Starsky and Hutch, the French connection, Bullet, some of the really famous... Bullets of very famous cars. Yeah, movie chases. So, like, as I... There's so much going on, but they come flying around one corner and the hubcaps go flying off. There's a bit in Springfield suddenly that's laid out like San Francisco with the, the hills. Big, yeah, the yeah. big hills and the leaps. Um, the, <laughs> the favorite part, the guy into the milk truck. Explodes. Like, just hits a milk taker and just bursts into flames. I love that damn boxes. <laughs> damn boxes is great. Cause, is, that, is that a parody of anything? Or is that a taken from no, anything? No, well, that's just... Like, if you look up any 70s car chase, there will be a scene down at the docks where they drive through a bunch of boxes. Ah, like, it was just okay. the go-to, we need something cheap. That's to, not going to wreck the car. Yeah. Or, like, even... That convention still holds true now. If you watch Skyfall in the opening car chase, like he's driving through Marrakesh or well, wherever the fuck he is, but he starts driving through market squares and stalls and like hitting fruit stands and that sort of stuff. Like, it's not expensive. It's just updated versions of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Crash Bandicoot but, would have a field day. But the thing is, I mean, you know, it's so simple and so funny that Lou actually calls it out because that's the one thing that doesn't... Like in these all these action shows, they just drive through it and there's like nothing happens. So just that simple, so straight, damn boxes. <laughs> just in the way, damn boxes. <laughs> oh, mate, so good. Also, yeah, the music was done by Alf Klaus. And now apparently it says here on Wiki anyway that the music was similar to the soundtrack of the TV series Streets of San Francisco that oh, I mentioned okay. earlier. So apparently... It's meant to be a direct so that's where that's take come off from. of that. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know if this exists on YouTube anymore, but there used to be a brilliant video of Bill Bailey summarizing cop shows. Bill Bailey, obviously from Black Books, you know, but brilliant stand-up comedian in his own right. And yeah, like he would just do all of the different movie cliche songs in the space of four or five minutes. If uh, tell me I'm not insane, there must be someone out there that's seen that before. Um, I'm not. I can't possibly try to do it justice without his phenomenal talent but yeah. it's so goddamn good so they think they have snake trapped 
And then it gets a bit ridiculous here with like, where's our backup? I don't know. Son, this is against every regulation, but would you cover us? Wow. They're looking for Snake. and It's it's, sna- it's a really well, like some kind of wacky camera angles in that. Yeah. Well, not wacky, but, you know, really dynamic camera angles, like down low and then they walk off to the alley. You get the darkness and the headlights come out. It's very menacing. It's, you, it's really could, well done. You could tell that the animators had a great time putting this together. Kind mm. of, like they really went balls to the wall and made it as good as possible. In yeah, regards, for like, sure. Taking the piss out of old-fashioned police shows. And then that Snake's about to run over Bart. And we cut to commercial. It's the freeze frame. Yeah. Now, what, this is one of those things that when I was a kid, I never knew why. Because they didn't always cut to a commercial in that particular moment. I, I was the same. I thought, why did they do this just for this one episode? Yeah. Like, and often it would just fade to black. And that's, again, because we just... I didn't get to grow up on those police procedurals no. or anything like that. Or Batman, to an extent, where they would have that cliffhanger ending and then cut back to it. So, it has been like that since the 80s, yeah. I reckon. So, that was one thing that was really cool for me to watch again as an adult and go, ah, oh, yeah, of course, now it all makes sense. It's, it didn't quite dawn on me until it came back and said, Atu, death drives a stick. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, so that's what they were doing there. Yeah, yeah. Because I originally watched it and I had here, I don't like the fact that they went to a freeze frame. It just seems lame because they never did it again. Yep. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I'm an idiot. Okay, so when I was a kid, though, <laughs> I also thought that it was lame. Because to me, also, I was so, like, did, so did I. I'm, to I, me, I was like, it was just weird. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, what are they trying to draw attention or something like that? Like, I, and again, it was part of the timing that they never did it around an actual commercial break when this was getting played on TV. Yep, yep. Yeah, apparently, the, that voiceover stuff as well with the Death Drives stick is also a takeoff of the streets of San Francisco. Okay, yep. I think the Alf Clausen or whoever wrote the episode or whatever used to work on the show, the actual stretch of San Francisco okay. show, which is why they sort of brought those elements into it. So then it cuts back and you think Bart's about to be... It's a good cut to commercial in the sense that you think Bart's about to get fucked up mm. and you, you do want to know what's going to happen after the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> See you in hell, punk! Great line. Yeah. <laughs> it's so lame, but it's just so good. And then I think it's funny because Snake would never actually probably say that, but it's what a villain would say in the old-fashioned cop show. Mm. It's just, I don't know, just something about the line is just hilarious to me. Did Snake, Snake not say that? I don't know, it felt true enough to me. See I, you in hell, I punk. Was, did, I, he'd say dude now. Little dude. Yeah, that could have worked. I've never heard him say punk before. Yeah. Also, like, when he's driving, sorry, back at the start of the chase, it just occurred to me then how he has the, oh no, cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you know, later on, oh no, Bat Midler. Yes, yeah, 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 you're right. Is this the first time we've really seen Snake in a prominent role? Because he was on the, the telephone gag where they were spreading... Yeah, this? that's true. Yeah, I think this, this when, would When Bart was having a party. Yeah. And then it, he's like, oh, right, I've only been out of prison for 14 hours or something and yeah, I'm no, already at a party. Uh, yeah, yeah. this is one of the first times that we've seen him committing a crime. I think it is the first time we've seen him commit a crime. Mm. It could be wrong, though. Let us know. Mailbagerfourfingerdiscount.com.au So Snake uh, crashes the car because the alley is too thin. It's really cool how they did it, too. Really good animation because you mm. don't see it happening. You can't... You don't expect yeah, it to happen. Yeah, you can't tell, yeah. And then, well, he's really completely fucked up. He's like, through, it's quite graphic. He's just yeah. through the windscreen, blood <laughs> <Yes>. everywhere. <laughs> You're like, okay, he's actually fucked up. And then we get Wiggum's line that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, the, uh, well, he's bought a lottery ticket to jail. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, he's unconscious. <laughs> he can still hear. <laughs> then Bart says that he wants to be an officer and Wiggum makes him an honorary one. Yeah. Takes Eddie's badge off of him. <laughs> Give me your badge. <laughs> Do you think by this point here, they want the Springfield Police Force to be dumb? No, I, I because they kind so they they kind of had Wiggum a bit dumb in the last time we saw him. A I, think bit, it was the, I don't what, know if it's entirely dumb as much as it's just f- make it up as you go along. It's it's always funny when the boss knows less about what is going on than the people under him, though. Well, the, the, the Simpsons in, in any scenario, the Simpsons is always they seem to always make the authority figures idiots. Yeah, 
Well, it's, it's just a good comedy principle in general. I, uh, I guess Mr. Burns isn't an idiot, though. No, Burns isn't, but Burns is evil. He's so an evil overlord, yeah, 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 yeah. So we cut back to Lisa, and she's still depressed at home with Marge, and Marge is trying to help her see the brighter side of the situation, mm-hmm. saying, you can make breakfast fun. And then Lisa points <laughs> out why they're never going to notice. They, they come in, Homer and Bart, and they just pick out, is it just me, or I've just I've never liked the animation of when they eat like that. It's just so... Not unrealistic. I guess it's, I guess it's a car- d- I know it's a cartoon, but it just... The way they, they always, they eat neat, neat, but the food never disappears off their plate. Yeah, look, I guess it's just deliberately crude. Yeah, I know that, and but it just bothers me. The reason the food doesn't disappear is because if they did eat that quickly, it would be over in like a second and it wouldn't have the same impact. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I've never been a fan of it either. They, but try, they try so hard to not be crude and then they're just throwing crude throw shit that like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just never really sat well with me. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. But playing devil's advocate, that's probably the reasons why. Yeah, so it stands out more because it is crude. Yeah. yeah. So then Bart's taking his police work seriously, getting Maggie's f- uh, fingerprints. And yeah. Nice <laughs> touch of her walking off. Thank you, man. Of her, of her crawling off and putting footprints everywhere or yeah. handprints everywhere. And then Marge walks in, thinks the dog's eating the cake. And then Bart's <laughs> taking photos. Mom, before you blame the dog, you might want to look at this surveillance footage. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like early 90s surveillance footage, black yeah. and white photos. Yeah. And then I just love that one of his asks, well, I have no idea how that got in there. <laughs> <laughs> Classic joke. Yes. Whenever you go through photos, you've got to have at least one of nudity. And then, <laughs> oh, have you ever seen from the sketch show? This is like the best, the best take on that joke of all time. It's like a meeting of um, bra analyze, whatever it is. They're just going through slideshows of all these different women in bikinis. They've like you know, it's just just at the beach doing whatever. And then, like after the fifth one, they cut to just this stock standard photo of a building and nothing else. And the guy turns around, embarrassed, and goes. Oh. I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty funny. What's that? That's a sketch show. The sketch show, yeah. That's an Aussie show from ages ago. No, it? no, no. This was the um, the UK one that had Tim Vine and Lee Mack. Lisa has then decided she's going to quit music class and Marge gives her the pep talk about... Uh, what was the whole purpose of her pep talk? Because it sort of just drifts off into well, nowhere now. Well, nowhere that's the joke, that it's supposed to start being full of purpose. And then she realises at the end, she's kind of talked herself into circles and painted herself into a corner yeah. and tries to get out of it. With So I guess the moral is anyone can be wrong. Well, I, I never really liked that Marge has the same voice as a... As a it's a slightly younger version of Marge's yeah, voice. but it's mostly it's the same. It's still the same. It's still like croaky. I just think it's funny when she goes... There will too be women astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, and we'll all live in cities on the moon. I love the fact that Patty and Selma are chauvinistic yeah. as well. Like, I know. I, I, I've got there that. are no women astronauts. Yes. They distract the male astronauts. I've got that here. Pa- Patty and Selma dismiss the idea by being chauvinistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> then we cut to the school, and Principal Skinner is very proud of his Puma Pride statue. Now, this is something we've only seen once. I can't remember ever seeing it again. No, it only exists for this episode. And, yeah... What I've got here is I wish they had have maybe planted this scene a little bit earlier in the episode so it didn't just seem like it was just put in there just so that she yeah, so could tell the girls to ruin it. Yeah, that would have been maybe, good. Maybe start the episode off with him proud of it and then have Lisa ruin it. So you go, oh, mm. yeah, that's right. Skinner, like, rather than just, oh, Skinner shows how much he loves this. Lisa hears him and then immediately goes and tells the bad girls to ruin Do it. Do something with this. And then the next scene, something is done to that. Yeah, it just seemed very, very rushed. You yeah. Know? yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll discuss it more in depth. So... Uh, he's proud of the statue, and Lisa goes to the bad girl bathroom mm. for the first time and tells them to go egg the puma. Yeah. So, and, like, yeah, so this is... I liked that it was a bit of a gradual build-up to Lisa being in this position, mm-hmm. but even, like, you know, she's still hanging out with her old friends, but then this is the walking into that 
bad girl bathroom is the point of no return for her. It's like she's crossed crossed the threshold into new Lisa. Had they had more time, I feel like they might have had her walking past the bathroom with her friends and sort of looking back on it and sort of thinking, oh, one day maybe I should go in there rather than her just deciding on the spot because we had not seen the bad girl bathroom at all until she went in there. Mm. Maybe had they had her humming and hurrying, should I start going in there? And then the moment of her going in there would have meant something more. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't lack without it. No, no, no. So the, she wants to obviously be cool and fit in with the, the bad girls. They're smoking and whatnot. Mm. So she um, she says, if you want to, really want to get the Skinner, here's what you should do. Cut to the Puma statue completely destroyed. Skinner's reaction to it is, is amazing. Yeah, and this is where we get the backstory of him being a war veteran yes. as well. This is the introduction of Skinner's coming of age, yeah. really. Yeah, out of the... I never thought I'd say this, but the no good next run this school. <laughs> I just love his. I saw some awful things in Nam, but you really have to wonder at the mentality that would desecrate a helpless puma. And then he hears, um, is it the cops he hears? Or is he hears Willie yelling out. Yeah, yeah. And Bart's had Willie arrested because he was burning leaves without burning a permit. Leaves. Yeah, flaunting the um, clean air violations. And, yes, and Skinner can't believe that what Bart Simpson on the on the side of the law mm. is this upside down then Bart sort of says a lot of That's right man I got my first taste of authority and I liked it This is where we start to see a side of Bart that we have never seen before and I don't think we ever see again I can't recall where Bart's ever on the side of authority after this. Um, It's rare he's often on the side of right or, or trying to right or wrong legally through generally through helping Krusty so it's yeah. not like he never tries to do the right thing no, again no 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 but I mean but l- certainly, lawfully certainly the last time that he's ever in charge of it normally he's yeah fighting the good fight against other people whereas in this instance he is the you know he's the evil yeah <laughs> according to them anyway. he's the watchman yes and Skinner sees potential in this so he decides to offer Bart the job of hall monitor Bart's a bit hesitant at first I love his um so, what's that involve? Like, squealing on other kids? Mm, pretty much it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where he has the vision of uh, him in court with yeah, Steve Allen as being the voiceover. A, being a future squealer. Now, witness X, would you please tell the court what you saw? I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> I saw Mr. Bantone there seal the late Mr. Palaccio in an oil drum and roll him off the pier. I kill you! Hey, caramba! And Bart's a bit hesitant about it. He doesn't really like the fact that that could happen to him. So Skinner offers him the sash and he's like, you've got yourself a narc. I love the fact that Bart, in his own imagination, decides to protect his own identity with a, <laughs> with a guest voice. <laughs> and a blue dot. Yeah, that is good. And then Bart starts taking the whole monitor job a bit too seriously. Like, not let people drink enough water out of the tap. Yeah. Stuff like that. I think you've had enough. Move it along. He does, though. I do like that he uses it in a way to help Milhouse from getting the big belly. Yeah. He's like, yeah, belly ain't getting any pinker. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, again, it's just about following the law. Yeah. I like that in that particular instance, and I mean, you could say it's because it's the bullies, but he just comes in and he just does the sensible things like break it up, move on, and that's all it needs to be. Yeah. He doesn't go too over the top in that instance. The, the bullies respect his authority. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's, it's a really well-diffused situation. Yeah, and... My favourite part about that whole scene was Milhouse's waddle after he gets the wedgie. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, my favourite of all of it it was knocking the kid off the skateboard. Given that it's something that Bart would have done himself a million times. Oh, yeah, true. Just the foot, poof. Ah, Not in my hole, bub. Like, that's the bit where you really see the ownership of him. Like, I own this town. And he's a new new person. Yeah. The old Bart's gone. And wearing glasses. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got his security glasses on. It was like when he was Bart the General. You know the cover where he's yeah, got the glasses yeah. on? Yeah. So then Homer and Marge are in bed discussing the kids' grades. 
and Marge is concerned because Lisa's grades are slipping and Bart's are mildly better, I think. They're not, he's not getting straight A's, but Bart's grades have increased a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the... Oh, we always have one good kid and one lousy kid. Why can't both our kids be good? We have three kids, Homer. Marge, the dog doesn't count as a kid. No, Maggie. Oh, yeah. Lisa tells Ms. Hoover, this is the, the classic, shove it. Yeah, this this is one of the scenes that I remember the most from this episode. She gets sent to the principal's office. Now, this is where it's a takeoff of the wild one. The wild one. With yeah, Marlon Brando. Great Marlon Brando movie. Even the little toothpick in the mouth. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. What are you rebelling against? What are you got? Yeah. Says it almost identical, by the way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, that's the end of the second act. Cut back from commercial. And Lisa, I do like this scene because she's in the bad girl's bathroom mm-hmm. and they're smoking. And they offer her a smoke. Uh, like, yeah, you get innocent Lisa for a second, cracks through. Yeah. Because yeah. she says, I'll smoke it in class. Because she still wants to she look panics. cool. Yeah, she still wants like, to look cool. Uh, I'll smoke it in class. Yeah. And then so, the yeah. girls are just like, wow. Yeah. What a badass. So she's still good at heart. She, yeah. She knows right from wrong. She, mm. it, it just shows that she's choosing to act this way. She hasn't turned into a new person. Yeah, exactly. She's just rebelling. Yeah. Uh, Skinner and Bart are now a team. And it's just amazing. Like their dyna- their duo is just so dynamic. I love it. I wish there was more of this. It yeah, would be great. me too. We get we get the sweet symbol Skinner's badass song, but it's not them teaming up against other people. No, you know what I mean? but they are. When Bart and Skinner are friends, it's some of my favorite stuff that the Simpsons have ever done. Yeah, but it felt like you were watching a spinoff, don't you reckon? A little bit. Yeah, I love that. You know, he shows him the seized property room. Mm. And a little part the of me... The legends were true. A little part of me just wishes that this kind of room exists in every high school and primary school. Yeah. You go to like North Shore Primary School where I went and it'd just be this room full of just 90s nostalgia shit that was collected yeah, from back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been great. And I, Devil <laughs> sticks. What a, <laughs> Devil sticks would have been in there for sure. What I love is that like one of Skinner's lines about how happy he is, <laughs> students are afraid to sneeze. Yeah. Like he's just running. It's like George Orwell 1984 style school that they're growing up yeah, in Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. And then he allows Bart to take any item of his choosing. Mm. Bart picks up the crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you be careful with that. Yeah, this doesn't say you can't use it. You just, just be careful with that. Well, he's a man of his words, Skinner, yeah. and that's what I like. And you, you see Bart is still a kid when <laughs> Skinner holds up the arse of the lips. Yeah. And Bart's laugh is just perfect. Plastic derriere. It's just... It's just a, <laughs> it's just a, Nancy's delivery of that is amazing. Yeah. Could not, that laugh could not have been any better. It was just great. Yeah. And then we get... So from there it goes to like a little montage of Barton Skinner Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as they yeah. go through. And how great! Get, how great was it? You get this cool little film noir style, like the, yeah. the silhouette of them shaking hands and celebrating. The and music the, and the music, the newspaper spinning. It just it feels like a spinoff. Yeah, I love the. Um, this is an absent slip signed by Nelson's mother, and this is Nelson's English homework. Notice the identical elongated loops on the D's. Forgery. So he didn't have leprosy. And then the Mr. Glasscock. Mr. Glasscock. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to retire. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it's, it's, I'm sorry. I have nothing to add. It's yes, just, I know. And then we have the great throwback. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving the profession again. Oh, Mr. Glasscock, <laughs> please reconsider. <laughs> <laughs> then it cuts to Millhouse in the cafeteria and he shoots Kearney with like a spitball or something. Yeah. Well, it's like a straw, plastic, like the, the paper covering of a straw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this um, really shows just how much the school's changed. Yeah, since and Bart's how much Bart's changed. Yes. Turns against his friend, drags him out like he's a common criminal. Yeah. <laughs> What's it? Even we the fact that Kearney's like, oh, Bart, exactly. do something. Yeah, the, the bullies are looking to Bart for help. Yeah. yeah. And then the, we have order, at what price? <laughs> <laughs> Miss Hoover then asks Lisa a question. 
Even that she doesn't know the answer to. No, I think Lisa probably would have known. She just didn't care. No, no, I mean, Miss Hoover didn't know the answer to. Like, she's asking oh, her a question that okay. she, even she didn't know the answer to. Well, yeah, so this is, yeah, the the beginnings of seeing how much they rely on their teacher's edition. Yeah, yeah. But it was which uh, famous political figure was known as Old Hickory. Love uh, Lisa's. Okay. I don't know. You? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, here I have a little bit of trivia for you. Okay. Because um, she does, it's like, no, the answer is, and then looks at the Battle of St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Andrew Jackson. Yep. Andrew Jackson was indeed president of the United States. I don't remember exactly what year. Andrew Jackson did have the nickname Old Hickory, and Andrew Jackson should go down in history as being one of the greatest badasses of all time. The reason that he has the nickname Old Hickory. Actually, I'll take it back a step. Andrew Jackson, while president, actively engaged in duels with different men, you know, like pistols at 12 paces. I'm sure that he gave at least one address with a bullet still in his body from a duel, <laughs> like a bleeding wound as he's addressing the nation. Maybe not the nation back then, because but anyway. But the old Hickory, he used to walk around with this Hickory cane. One day, there was an assassination attempt on his life, and a would-be assailant leapt out at him, fired two guns, both... Pistols failed on him because even bullets were afraid of Andrew Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) And he turned and beat the man to near death with his cane. Imagine that in this day and age. And like a would-be assassin rushes a world leader. That world leader turns around and clubs the man to death. That would be a YouTube video. Would it ever? I reckon Vladimir Putin could do it. I'm surprised if he hadn't. (laughs) (laughs) Putin just speaks into a little microphone secret service style. Stand down. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, it'd be Russian. So I don't think I can do a Russian accent. I'm not going to try. I love that you're looking into your shirt as you're saying it too, just to add effect. <laughs> <laughs> you're acting it out. We're one of the most visual podcasts. It's like when you did your Shatner. <laughs> when you shook your whole body. It's, you've got to get in a character when you're doing these things. You could hear you shaking when you said this, when you did your Shatner last episode or whatever it was. So getting back to separate vacations anyway. <laughs> So, Miss Hoover's just obviously asked the question to Lisa and she's said, what you? And she looks up in the book and she gets the question, she gets the answer wrong first. Mm. Lisa's line here, did you get it? Amazing. What'd she say? Well, you're earning your 18 grand a year. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yes. So good. Never, I don't remember that gag at all until I rewatched it. Amazing. That's just so funny. <laughs> so, Lisa gets the tension. This is where she comes up with the idea of stealing the teacher's editions books. Mm-hmm. A great idea. If there's any way of getting back at the teachers, it's this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Why would they not leave those under lock and key? Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that stuff sitting out and about. And obviously, we cut back and the teachers are just in absolute panic because they're fucked, basically, without the teacher's edition. What do we do? Declare us now, day. Does anyone know the multiplication table? Uh, please, please, don't panic. They can smell fear. I love Declare Us No Day. Yeah. Just as the go-to. Declare Us No Day is great. <laughs> so sunny. Kabuffle puts uh, Martin in charge of teaching the class because she obviously can't do it anymore. Yeah. You've got the other male teacher who says, have you ever told your kids about the 60s? <laughs> <laughs> and then Miss Hoover. Now, I never knew what she was saying until I, oh, okay. I had to really... She's saying calm, calm blue, blue ocean. ocean yeah. But I thought she was saying like a word like calm blue ocean, calm blue ocean, like as if to sort of say like relax. Oh, right. Okay. And I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying. And I, every time I used to watch it when I was a kid, I'm like... I'll look it up eventually. Huh. But, but I'll, I'll listen to it properly here and I'm like, oh, it's just calm blue ocean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she is still doing that to relax. So yeah, you yeah, got, yeah. You got the general gist of it. The way she's moving her, her mm. hands around, you know what she's Rubbing trying to temples. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Mr. Glasscock, I'm retiring again. I'll leave the profession. <laughs> <laughs> and then Skinner reveals to Bart that the police dogs aren't working. They've led him <laughs> the led to the library. They've, they've picked up the smell of books. Send in the battering ram. Yes. <laughs> so, again, the, the cops are dumb. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're 
that's um that's a good call. Whenever they get the sniffer dogs out, it doesn't work. Like the uh, um, Wiggum in. God, I forget which episode it was from season one. I think, it, but when he's got the rag, it's like we've got them on the scent. It's like, ah, jeez, I'm yeah, sweating like a pig it? here, and then yeah. sort of wipes himself down. Yeah, get a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that is that in the first season? Is that, have, have we reviewed that one yet? I'm sure we have. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We've, we've discussed it anyway. It yeah. all blurs into one. Then Bart, Bet Skinner, a steak dinner. They <laughs> that, that the books are in the locker <laughs> somewhere. So he says, let's start rolling. Uh, and then we get the Batman. Yes. Well, what would you call it? A transition. Yeah, yeah. little yeah transition white to like the next 60 scene. Sixty style Batman. Just yeah. Like, and then it's it's very similar to Axel F from Beverly Hills. It's, yeah. Apparently, it's not quite. It's the same as what they used in Radio Bart. Radio Bart. Yeah. Yeah. It is. yeah, yeah. I think when we were reviewing that, you said I'm pretty sure they've used it in another episode, but I didn't think they had. I don't know if I did say that, but I. But think you're right it, anyway. If you did good. say it, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll claim it. No, but it's it's just different enough to avoid copyright. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Now, they're going through the lockers. Now, I read in the Complete Guide to a Favourite Family, apparently you can see that Bart goes through the same locker twice. Yeah, I wrote that down after rewinding it three times to make sure, and then I got here and read the book and went, son of a bitch. <laughs> Every <laughs> Look, time explain, I... Explain to the listeners Whenever the I do more work, read I the find book, read the book first. someone else has already done it. Um, so, just in that montage where it's... Well, it's actually... They do a really good job of building the tension here because you see Lisa hide the books and close her locker and, and they're closing looks, in on her she yeah. looks left and Skinner's up there she looks right and Bart's there and then it just keeps cutting to from inside the locker camera shots mostly of them just opening uh, and slamming lockers after <laughs> of course this is leaving after, the money behind and stuff after yeah Bart finds a whole bunch of thousand dollar bills and throws them back in and Skinner just rips the head off a teddy in case they're hit <laughs> yeah. in so kids teddy's just ruined <laughs> but, but yeah like it really ratchets the tension up by having them open way more lockers than they're actually than there actually were because it makes you think for about three or four lockers this could be the one yeah but there is a moment in that where Bart does open the same locker twice or they have the same so there's like this half-eaten apple was the giveaway the only thing I sort of thought was a bit silly about this when Bart realises that it's Lisa mm-hmm. Skinner would have been there because yeah. I'm yeah of course. so I'm like so okay spending disbelief and assuming that Skinner can't it's like when you're watching a sitcom and the people in the same room but they apparently can't hear what the person on the other side of the room is saying yeah but anyway, so if you put that aside, Bart realizes it's Lisa. <laughs> that's not sitcom. That's just all married couples everywhere. It's, it's that you're sitting on the couch and it's like, Brendan, could you take the garbage out? Mm. Did I flinch? I don't think I flinched. <laughs> I can probably get away with not having to do anything here. Pull out the glasses with the eyes on it. <laughs> Brendan, Brendan, the garbage? Mm, no, no, I can get at least five more minutes out of this. <laughs> Brendan, why didn't you tell me to take out the garbage? I'm sorry I didn't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> You've done this before. <laughs> I'm a pro. <laughs> so then, as we said, Bart realizes it's Lisa, and he's instantly just like, "Look, why the fuck did you do this? Like, even I wouldn't go this far." But then he can see her pain. He can see why she did it. He can see yeah. that she's just so gutted of what she was given at the start of the episode, the occupation of homemaker. Mm. She just doesn't know how to react to and, it. She's and rebelling. It all, it all comes crashing down onto here as she realizes that she's in over her head as yeah. well. And like it's He can see the pain in her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. They do a really good animation, like close up of her face. Mm. It's a really good animation of Bart too, where he sort of has a realization of, all right, well, I know what I've got to do here, basically. Yeah. And then... Did Bart do something extraordinary here? No. He merely did what any good soldier would do when a live grenade threatened his commander. He threw himself upon it and bore its terrible brunt. <laughs> and then Skinner's just so happy about the fact that the fan of books... Now, this is what makes this whole scene amazing. You just saved this school $120. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it took. 
They could have just replaced it that day. Anyway. They're a very cheap and tight school. They don't have a lot of funding. I was going to say, well, was it meant to highlight just how cheap that school is? Yeah. yeah how poor how, they are. How little government funding they get. Yeah. And Bart decides that he's going to take the blame. Lisa's about to admit to it and Lisa, uh, Bart takes the blame. And he does it in a way where it's just so believable that it would be Bart. Skinner's like, how could I not have seen this? The, the, the signs were all there. The, the, all the signs pointed to a rogue hall monitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, oh, a little a mule on the inside Animation glitch here by the way His yeah? sash disappears at one moment Oh really? He's okay. wearing the sash Then he's not Then he is It's weird How did he make that mistake? I don't know <laughs> Anyway so then This is one of my favourite exchanges Between Bart and Skinner Of all time In the office afterwards? Yeah you have 400 days detention <laughs> Ooh 500 Whoa, Ooh, big, big man, man. 600. 600 Well maybe I'll just shut my big mouth <laughs> <laughs> The way he says that Is just so good it's just like it's just like. Well, I'll fucking stop talking then, won't I? Like, yeah. If it's okay, well, I'm. I don't really like this 600 days business, but I'll just have to cop it on the chin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Refuses to back down. I love it. And then Millhouse is the new hall monitor, which yeah. is a funny change. Let's go, Simpson. It's good because he was the one dragging Millhouse out yeah. earlier in the episode. Really nice. Uh, or before we get to the final scene, really nice moment between Bart and Lisa here, mm. where she says, "Why'd you do it, Bart?" And Nancy gives a great speech here. Yeah. It's it's one of the better Bart Lisa moments. It's a very talked about. Very well written Bart line too. Yeah. He's yeah, like, like it's it's sentimental and then tacks on a really good joke at the end. Which you think is exactly what would have been going through Bart's head. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just the Bart, why'd you take the blame? Cause I didn't want you to wreck your life. You got the brains and the talent to go as far as you want. And when you do, I'll be right there to borrow money. So then we get to him in detention, writing, I will not expose the ignorance of the faculty. Amazing. Yeah, yeah so good. that sentence in itself is exposing yeah. the ignorance of the faculty. Yes. Hey. <laughs> and then, obviously, Lisa is playing sex as her way of showing thanks to yeah. Bart. And now my only complaint about the episode is yeah. I could have done without him saying sounding good, Lisa. What? It just didn't need to be there. I know she's sounding good. It's as sweet moment as it is, and he'd already given that really nice, positive speech beforehand so we didn't need to see him be positive again about the fact that she was playing it out of there it was just gilding the lily a little bit too much like it did just could have been a moment to stand alone and let people interpret it however they wanted to rather than force them to interpret it that particular way taking that on board another way they could have done it maybe without because i didn't mind it another way they could have done it was maybe have bart look at the window and have lisa stop playing sax for a second and just smile at each other as a sort of acknowledge... Yeah, that would have been nice. And then have like nice music playing Fade yeah. to Black of them just, you know... Yeah. Just just, just, just the, the, the look in their eyes like, I know why you're playing sax out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just a little connection. Rather would than have been good. to say it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't mind the ending. But yeah, I can see well, what it's you're... Not that I, I mean, it's not that I didn't like it. It's yeah. just that it it felt like it was dumbing the moment down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Trying to, you know, really spell it Over out. Over the top. Yeah. yeah being a bit too soppy. But yeah, I, like I said, just the look in the eye might have been a bit better. Yeah. So, what are your final thoughts on the episode anyway, overall? As I said, overall, I, I really love Bart and Lisa moments, Bart and Lisa episodes, and this is one of the better ones of them. So, this was, for me, it's, it, I mean, it's it's up there with the best of the third season. I was surprised that we didn't get much Homer. That's true. At this point now, since we've been doing the reviews, most of the episodes were revolved around Homer in some way. Mm. Even if it's not a revolving around Homer, he still gets a funny B story. But I, I, don't, I don't think the episode lacked without having him, though. No, it's definitely not missing, despite virtually being written out yep, yep. from it. He gets a couple little gags in there. and But yeah, it, it it felt natural to not have him in there for this one. Basically, as I said, this was an episode I was going excited to go into reviewing and I just was not disappointed at all. If mm. not, I was just more satisfied after watching it. It's just gags that I didn't even know existed from when I was watching as a kid. So yeah, great episode. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you go out and do so. What do we learn, Palmer? 
So what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? I learned that bellies have a maximum pinkness. They do, yes. I learned that all teachers are apparently dumb. If you want to see that maximum pinkness of bellies, by the way, I recommend Australia in summer. Look for an English tourist. Nicola doesn't get sunburnt much anymore. She's she, not a when, tourist anymore. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, when, when I first met her, whoo, did she get pink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, time for some trivia. Yeah. Now, you've told me you have three questions. I do this time. And little bits of extra info as I go along. You have ruined two of mine. No, one of mine. Oh, okay. Two, I've got two questions. Left. I had three. Okay. So, cool. I will let you kick off since you have more. All right, then. Well, my first question is not specific to this episode. Okay. But to The Simpsons in general. But it does occur in this episode as mm-hmm. well. If that makes sense. No. What time... In the opening credits, what time is it that Bart gets to leave detention? 20 past four. No, 3 p.m., which is really weird. That is really weird. And Yeah. Because there was a point in... It's like he's in detention before school actually leaves. Yeah, that's really odd. Mm. Or is... Yeah, because he's meant to be in detention right now. Because that's three o'clock when school finishes. That's weird. I don't know. It just popped into my head because what I did like at the beginning of the episode they had when they're handing out the tests... On the clocks in both rooms, it's nine o'clock. So the school day started. So it's a really small detail that would be so easy to not have that in there. And even if it was wrong, no one would give a shit. But, yeah. you know, the fact that they're like, no, it'd be nine. It's first thing they're doing in the day. Yep. And there was a scene where it was just after lunch and it was 20 past two when Bart and Skinner were in the office at one point. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to those background details that we love that make it more than just a normal cartoon. Yeah. And the question that you ruined was, um, what is the name of the machine at the National Test? Oh, Emma. Yeah, yep. Emma. Uh, what did Bart and Skinner seize on the Monday during their food fight? The, oh. news, the newspaper said uh. it. Said Bart Skinner seize something. Yeah. It's a food of some sort. No, I got nothing. Fish sticks. Fish sticks. Okay. Dry fish sticks. Yes. This sucks. <laughs> Where was Mayor Quimby... Quote, polling the electorate. Oh, the, what do you, oh, I've got, I think I've got it written here. Like, what do you know? Hotel? It's the Who's to Know who's Hotel. To know, yeah, yeah. With a big owl as their logo. Yes. I yeah, love yeah. that. Uh, my final trivia question is, what is Snake's accelerator in the shape of? Oh, it's in the shape of a foot. Bonus point for what colour was Purple. it? Purple. Damn it. Well done. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, my final is, where did Mrs. Krabopple go to college? Ooh. When did she even say that? I didn't pick up on it. It's in the speech, in that sentence where she's talking but about shattered. You end up as a glorified babysitter for a bunch of dead-eye fourth graders. It was uh, um, Bryn Mawr, which is College West of Philadelphia. Motto: I delight in truth. Oh, okay, I didn't. Which pick, yeah. I, you know, I loved in. <laughs> I've, I'm sh- almost one hundred percent sure that there is no way that they made this connection when they were writing it. But the fact that the motto was "I delight in truth" at the exact moment that she's hitting some kids with some of the truest shit they're ever going to hear while they're in school. So we asked people on the Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/fourfingerdiscount, what do they like about the episode? A couple of comments that I liked. This one from Darko. He says, "I always love the episodes where Bart does something to help Lisa. It really shows he does in fact care, just like siblings in real life." Hmm. I think. I've said in previous episodes that I like the Homer Lisa dynamic, but the Bart and Lisa one's hard to top as well. Yep. I think maybe it's just maybe Lisa's the glue that holds the show together. I just never realised. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Certainly the emotional core for a lot of the episodes. Yes. Now Sam Anderson, he says he's a fan of Bullet, so obviously the car chase. And Sam yeah, Anderson cool. is the lucky man who won our Simpsons Pogs that we gave away last week. Oh, on the congratulations to you, Sammy. And Bullet, such a great movie. Yes. God, Steve McQueen's amazing. And I'll pick one more comment. What do we got here? Just uh, Tim Horton says, the fact that teachers know nothing without their teacher's editions. So, thanks for everyone who commented on the post on the Facebook page. 
Make sure you check it out every Tuesday. Oh no, every Monday we're going to be recording now because I'm studying a photography course on Tuesday nights here in Geelong. So every Monday afternoon we're going to post a screenshot from the episode asking for your favourite moments. If you want to get your name read out in the air, make sure you post a good comment on why you like the episode. Now it's time for... Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Alright, got a couple good questions in this week that we're going to have a look through. The first one comes in from Mitchell Bazzetto from one Mitchell to another. Mitch's question is, who do you think would win in a celebrity deathmatch style competition in Springfield? Now, do we need to explain what celebrity deathmatch is? It was that amazing claymation show from the 90s. Yeah. MTV, I think well, it was. I think it was MTV, yeah. I mean, it was just... When wrestling was at its peak. Yeah. It used to be on midweek in Australia at like 9, 9.30 or late something at night like that. Because it was yeah. violent, obviously, but it was just claymation. Claymation, but yeah. violent. And God, I loved it. Yeah. I, I don't know how it would stack up if I went back to watch it today, but there was a lot about it that I really think I would enjoy. I just love the fact that it was wrestling. Because obviously mm. it was a big wrestling fan when I was a kid. Well, everyone loves wrestling when we were Yeah. I, it's some of the best ones that I remember, they had the cast of Seinfeld versus Jerry Seinfeld yeah. about quitting the show early. They had Dennis Rodman versus Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan won that one by shoving a basketball into Rodman's mouth, dribbling his head around, and then eventually slam, 360 slam dunking him into a bin. I remember there was Marilyn Manson on there once. Jim Carrey was on there once, yeah, I Yeah, Jim believe. Carrey versus Mariah Carey. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that happened. And then like there was a dispute in the car park over the yes. Carey parking space because yeah. Drew Carey had parked there. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really good. Um, but my, the one that stands out in my memory is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus yeah. Vince McMahon. It's that. When like, they, you know, he beats him, I was like, oh, you want to see Stone Cold plant McMahon's ass in this coffin? Give me a hell yeah. And they all, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. And then it's, oh, and if you want to see Stone Cold take this coffin out into a field and set it ablaze, give me another hell yeah. <laughs> like, it's just the most over-the-top violence ever. Yeah. Like, all hell yeah. As he's walking out to the Stone Cold theme, just, well, that's why they love him, Johnny. Yes. <laughs> People's champ, giving them what they want. Oh, the commentators were great too. Remember the guy with the little mustache? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just remember when they first advertised it. They advertised it so clever in a way that you thought it was going to be a wrestling show like the WWF because they, they only showed Vince and Stone Cold. Oh, really? And, the, and the referee. They showed like their fight. Okay. I was like, holy fuck, it's wrestling and claymation. It's going to be amazing. But then I was like... Huh? Jim Carrey versus Mariah Carey. What? Yeah, but it yeah, was yeah. still great, though. Well, what was another one? Cindy Crawford versus... It might have been Janine Garofalo, I think. It'd be dated now because of the celebrities. It was... Uh, yeah, true. But, like, Janine... Jerry Springer was one of the things I was yeah, on was. Yeah. Um, but Janine, Janine defeated Cindy Crawford from memory by ripping off her mole. <laughs> yep. The source of her power. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so, now that we've properly explained yes. what Celebrity Deathmatch <laughs> was to anyone that might have been confused... Uh, who do we think would win? Now, his prediction's admittedly pretty hard to top. It's McBain up against groundskeeper Willie yeah, in yeah. the final, uh, with Willie taking out the title. Close third and fourth would see uh, Barney Gumble and Homer uh, as they can both take a beating and keep going. I can see Flanders being... He's ripped. Yeah. Yeah, like he'd be that... Like You're not expecting him to be badass, and yeah. he just fucking pulls some crazy shit out. Like, mm. when you're playing the Simpsons wrestling game, you can't beat Flanders. You just can't do it. Mm. Have you ever played Simpsons wrestling on the no, PlayStation? No, I haven't one? actually. Oh, so fucking frustrating. You can't beat Flanders. He's like the Mike Tyson. Yes, he's just lightning bolts shoot from the fucking sky, which, ah. and you can't beat him. Like Raiden in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that he's got supernatural powers. Yes, that's, and he would use it to his ability, yeah. What would his finishing move be? So you, His finishing move? In in Celebrity Deathmatch, not in the wrestling. Because it has to be over-the-top violence. Wouldn't it have to be something yeah. with the crucifix? I'd, I'd like to think that he crucifies somebody. Yeah, he crucifies, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my choice. Who would you choose? Um... Okay, well, if I'm going to go with somebody different. What about something like Lionel Hutz? Mm. Sideshow Bob? 
I like the idea of Sideshow Bob. Do I'm going to see Ralph jumping up into someone's face and biting their nose off. You know what I think? Sideshow Bob would be a classic to fit in with what happens in the episodes. Like, Sideshow Bob would be that type of wrestling match where he's on top, so far on top, and then his finishing move backfires on him in a way that makes him lose. You know what they would do? He'd be on top, and all of a sudden, he'd turn around, and a rake would hit him in the face. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Except somehow, it hits pointy ends up, impales him. It splits his head in half or something. Yeah. 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 Still gives him time to give it the... Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. I hope that that works. Uh, I hope that that works for you, Tom uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. Sorry. It's weird saying my own name out to someone else. Um, plus, I just realised that he signed off as Boz. Oh. So maybe we shouldn't have said his name. But too late. It's out there <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, now we've got a couple questions that have come in from a Matthew and Bibby Braun. I Bibby. presume. I presume it's only Matt. I think this is one of those ones where they've a couple got together and created an email address so everything can go to the one place. Uh, so is this from Bibby or from Matthew? Uh, signed off by Matthew. But let's assume that Bibby's got a hand in it as well. Yep. Matt's got a couple questions. So in uh, season 27, episode 21, they got people to call in and have Homer ask, uh, answer questions. So this is when they were able to broadcast a, se- a segment of the show live. Uh, the couple that they picked at the end were all stupid. So, yeah. Know, sorry, guys, but bad luck. Matt does not approve. If we had a chance to ask Homer one question, what would it be? You had a funny... You mentioned this before the show. I want <laughs> to just say that what you had. Are you really doing this live? Yes. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. I hope this has been enlightening for you. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing improv. <laughs> it would have been tremendous. I uh, wonder whether Dan is a fan enough of the show because he would have voiced that character. No, I think Harry Shearer voiced that character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Harry he did. Voiced Harry voiced it. it. Yeah, but would he have gone with it? Yeah, hopefully. It would have been great if he had a pick. Are up you on it. really <laughs> the voice of Homer? <laughs> because it would have been funny if he had done the voice that the response to that in a not Homer's voice. Yeah, that's true. Are you if really he, the if voice he had of Homer? Have tried to appropriate and doesn't the, trust his voice or something. Oh, well, well, I was going to say if he had have tried to do the voice of the actual Quickie Mark guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sec- or did you have a question? Can you top that? Not really. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. If uh, Second question. If you could double the length of an episode, what would it be and why? Uh, Matt would pick Bart the genius as he would like to see how Martin would go in the smart school after they realised that Bart was a fraud. We've reviewed episodes where we felt the ending was rushed. I'm just trying to think of which ones it was. Was it the brother... Can, not brother... Can, uh, the brother... Where are they? Didn't we feel that ending was a bit rushed? Mm, a little bit. I suppose. But see, really, the, the second part of the episode sort of makes up for an extension of that episode, isn't it? With yeah. Brother, can you spare two dimes? Yeah, it's that's sort of true. like a part two, isn't it? So yeah, they sort of got the extension. Yeah. I just purely because I'm biased, I just wish the Bart versus Australia was longer. I felt the ending to that was a little bit rushed. Yeah, that was one that probably came in a little quickly. Bart versus Australia that we recently reviewed, of course, and will be coming up soon as a premium podcast for yes. people that have not listened to our most recent podcast yet, which was... Come on. Homer at the Bat, man. Homer at the Bat. Sorry, <laughs> just went blank. Anyway, uh, if you haven't listened to Homer at the Bat, we were talking in that about how we're doing some premium reviews. You'll be able to access them through the website. They'll be a dollar a piece. Uh, we have done Bart versus Australia and you only move twice. And the, they I, were really fun to, to do. They were brilliant. So, so much fun to do. And we've really, really gone all out on these ones. So, the idea being, if you're craving some of the your favorite episodes to be done and you don't want to wait until we get to them, then you can access them early. Um, if you don't want to pay, then we're not holding them from you. You'll eventually get them. It's just, you'll get them in order. Yes. Now, just because I'm purely greedy, but if I had the opportunity to get another 30 minutes of Albert Brooks being Hank Scorpio... Any day of the week. Yeah, you only moved twice. Could have almost been a feature-length film for me. <laughs> well, apparently, they didn't have like six hours of outtakes or something. 
probably almost any time that they get him in there, there's yeah. hours and hours of stuff going on. Uh, it was if, mostly improv. If I had to pick another one, I'm trying to think of something where maybe there was a subplot that wasn't fully recognised or like it could have gone off and been a whole story in its own. Maybe Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song to spend a bit more time at Marine Camp. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Um, actually, you know what? Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming. I was going to say, because that, 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 that episode ends really shit. Yeah, shit, of all it? of the Sideshow Bob schemes, I feel like that one just kind of, you know, he's got this whole thing going and, oh, he was just here the whole time. He's inside this blimp. We found him. Like, it, that was a little bit too quick. But it doesn't end straight after that, though. Is I it, know it doesn't it? end straight after that, but I feel like the, from what his scheme is to how they find him is too quick. They could have stretched that bit out a little bit and then you could aim for a bigger payoff at the end of that by kind of inserting an extra 10 to 15 minutes there. Mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that he was just there the whole time, but like you said, they could have taken a longer time to find him. Mm. Or the... <laughs> only I've watched this recently, Brother from Another Series, just while I'm on a sideshow, Bob Bent, just so I could have had half an hour more of... Um, Cecil. Cecil. And just Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce working together. I'm, Holy shit, that's funny. I'm really surprised... Guess they, who? They, Maris? Yes, they didn't bring him back more often. Because they, they did bring back Cecil... I think it was like season 20 or something, when there's a court case with the sideshow Bob, with the Twiggler family. Yeah, right. But it's not the same thing. Oh, they could have done it. They could have just stopped doing The Simpsons and just done that show. (laughs) And I I would have been all for it. Exactly. (laughs) I think I... Was it like... Were we talking about this in Homer at the Battle or were we talking about this off air? The I can't remember. Frasier? Yeah. Like, well, obviously, the Set, I think it was, it was during the last like, episode, I believe. You're the one that wanted to go to Clown College. Yeah. Oh, thank you not to refer to Princeton that way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just every goddamn time. If you're not a Frasier fan, you wouldn't find it funny. No, and if you're not a Frasier fan, be, go watch it, yes. please. Yeah. I, I just... And God, Kevin Smith's now doing the Frasier podcast. To talk salad and scrambled eggs. Yeah. The thing is about Frasier, it's probably marketed a little bit wrong. Like, it's not... Actually, highbrow comedy. No, at it's all. a lot not of it, a lot of it is just sex jokes and and kind of insults and put downs. He's it's just he, that he delivers it in a way that sounds like it's very intelligent. Yeah, humor. it's dressed up as intelligence, but similar to Arrested Development, you don't have to be a genius yeah. to laugh at it. You just have to actually listen to it. Yeah, pay attention. Yeah, not just wait for the crowd like the the, the yeah. canned laughter. Yeah, or what they will do is set a joke up and maybe not give you the payoff for five or ten minutes in times. Yeah, um, sometimes like the the opening like those little title cards. Sometimes they'll have a payoff like 15 minutes after yeah. you see them. So, yeah. there's a lot going on for it, but you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to understand science or anything like that. Like, it's not, you know, it's it's just a dysfunctional family at its core. Yeah. Now, before we get into the next question, we have to do a bit of a promo, get it out of the way. Okay. We have to mention, now, there's a really cool website over in the UK, I believe it is, over in Europe way, mm-hmm. called biggerthanjesus.bigcartel.com. Now, these guys specialize in Simpsons parody shirts. Okay, And cool. one of my favorite ones is, it's called, the, it says the goggles do nothing, and it's got Randy <laughs> Wolfcastle, but it's the, have you ever seen the cover of Joy Division's album where it's got the white... Oh, no, I haven't. I enjoy all of Joy Division through my ears, but I've never really got into them through my eyes. So, it's this one here. It's the Unknown Pleasures cover. So, it's got the mountains and the white lines. I'm with you there. So, he's taken that. His name's Tom, I believe the guy that runs the website. Mm -hmm. And see here. So, we're looking at it now on the computer. It's that cover. But it's like Randy Wolfcastle swimming through. Like he's been swept away by Joy Division. Yes, by Joy Division. So, it's the Goggles Do Nothing. And it's got Randy Wolfcastle on the cover of that. It looks amazing. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. And if you're a fan of Sonic Youth who appear in the episode Homer Palooza, hmm. uh, this is also like a Sonic Youth cover, Sonic Youth cover, yeah, which you right. might not know, but that's a Barton Millhouse parody of it called Simpsonic, Simpsonic Youth. Youth. Yep. So if you're a fan of Simpsons t-shirts, I highly advise you get on to biggerthanjesus.bigcartel.com 
and buy yourself a shirt, one of each, because they're both amazing. You can get them in black and white. There's a couple of other Simpsons ones on there as well, like the B-Sharps and stuff like that, but I highly recommend the Goggles Do Nothing shirt. That's my favorite. Hmm. Now, next mailbag question, Mitch. And I'm done for the mailbag. Oh, I've got... I'm moving on to my two cents. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm Kent Brockman, and that was my two cents. Thank you very much, Kent. This one comes in from... I probably won't say the name, actually, because he's talking about a family member. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Coming in from a gentleman who... Uh, What's who, his first name? Really, just in case his dad happens to listen to it, it's not like his dad's going to... Well, that could be any Tom and any father Let's just go doing, with uh, Lisa S. <laughs> Let's just go with Mr. Black. Can I call him Scott LaRocca? <laughs> Absolutely. That's just somebody that just messes the page. So. <laughs> That's a far better name. So, his dad has been unemployed for a little bit, so he's living as cheap as he can. So, let's just try to excuse that a little bit, but also... Put these stories in the context of a young kid. So, someone that isn't necessarily going... You know, when you're a kid, you don't understand the value of money. You just understand what you want and what you're not getting. So, because he's been doing this for as long as he can, this guy grew up not noticing most of the really cheap stuff that he does, such as cutting a toothpaste tub in half to make sure he can get all of the toothpaste out of it, or keeping every five-cent coin that he's ever found. Um <laughs> Even the ones stuck to the floor. These are the, thing, the things that have just... Oh, you can scrape those off. Yeah. <laughs> Come back at that with a little heater. Uh, just the other day, though, he remembered that for his birthday two years ago, he gave him a plastic hook for the electric fence because, well, you often open the gate and I wanted to get you something that you need. What? For his birthday. So, this guy's... Jo- I, don't know, I presume they're out on a farm. So, they had an electric fence there. So, he's given him a plastic hook so he can open it without fear of being electrocuted. Because, quote, I wanted to give you something that you need. Not to mention the fact that it was obviously from the recycling centre. It wasn't exactly what a 14-year-old expects on his birthday. 14-year-old? Yeah. Poor kid. You don't give 14-year-olds what they need. Give them what they want. Exactly. (laughs) Give them street shark toys. Uh, Also, the Christmas before that, he gave him a radio that he then later claimed as his own straight away. (laughs) So, here you go. I bought you a radio. It's mine. It's going in the shed. Basically, is how that went. Cheapskate. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he still loves you. I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I really, really like that. Again, just, I understand what it's like to be in a, a tight financial position, so I in, I don't want to make too much light of it, but I also understand what it's like to be 14. What the fuck is this? It's like getting socks and jocks for you Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, when you get, uh, you're getting presents from underneath the uh, the Christmas tree, and you can feel its cloves, you're like, ugh. Mm. Oh, I've got to pretend like I'm excited to open this oh, one in front of yeah. mum. mum and mum's always like, try it on, try it on. You're like, oh, mum, I want to open the good toys first. Every now and then, though, they'd put like a DVD in there. It'd be like yeah. a couple... Like, what is this? A couple clothes would sandwich around something good in the middle. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, once I wised up to that trick, then they started to <laughs> started to touch my T-shirts with a little bit more enthusiasm. Yeah. But, oh, God, if I found out they were just T-shirts, it's like opening a birthday card and not having money fall out. Oh, I know, right? You know what? I did? Something just occurred to me. Do we have a Wikipedia page? No. We should. So, listeners, make us a Wikipedia page, if you can, if you're that way inclined. Just because I don't remember everything that I say in podcasts, so I need someone to do like a little episode summary for me. You know? I'd love to hear what people... I- like what their blurb would be about the show. How yeah. would you describe us? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. G- give up. I want to see our personal life blog. Our bio. <laughs> exactly. Our personal bios based on what we've said. Like in episode 47, Mitch revealed to us that he once had an intimate run in with some donuts. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever it might be. 
Oh, great. How do you guys view what my life is day to day based off what I present to you for an hour and a half a week? So, what, what did you want to talk about? Where are we going? We've got to wrap this up. Okay, okay. We were talking before about Pokemon Go. Yeah. We were going to move um, some, some spin-off ideas and surely, I mean, like, well, what would you think? Where, what could you do that you could have around there? I was just trying to think of like Simpsons related ones, how you could do it Simpsons based, but oh, I'm, okay. like, I'm not too sure. Maybe you could... How would you... Do it. Well, you could just do it with collectibles in general. I mean, yeah, you could do it with anything as long as you're collecting something. If mm. it's Sim- if it's Simpsons based, would you be more inclined to try it? If it wasn't Pokemon, if this was Simpsons, would you do it? No, really? No. What? I've got no problem with Pokemon. So the what of it isn't what's stopping me from downloading it. It's as you can see from this room, though. I love collecting shit. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. I've never been a collector, yeah. so part of that I was like, okay, so I find the Pokemon, then what do I do with them? Like, yeah, do I get to fight the Pokemon? Yeah, you, you do. You, you battle them. So you people. Battle other people. You, you, you find them. Do I need to find the person to battle them? Like, do we need to be walking down the street and throw down? No, no, no. The, so basically, can what I you have do a posse? You, you find the Pokemon, and then can you, I walk around the streets with my Poke crew, going just like with some tough guy music? Like, if you want to, there's no reason why you can't. Okay, cool. <laughs> but then, yeah, there's just little like Pokemon stadiums that are just in different areas around Geelong. You just go there and just click on it, and then it, you can battle anybody. But I think a computer generates that person. So like the so it's not a real battle against another person. It's I'm like, not. I'm honestly not too sure. I only started playing fight, yesterday. So can I fight Team Rocket? I'm not too sure. I, actually, I always I've battled yet. Felt so. that Team Rocket sounded like a sex toy. Probably is a sex just, toy. It probably is actually <laughs> an awful sex toy. Like yeah. I can't imagine that it would be. It's it's like you don't want to find that your mum has a Team Rocket. Exactly. Mm. So what's your mate's idea? Uh, porn as as like the the be all and end all of making money on the internet and apps would be to eventually get it into a porn thing. So you can walk around and have like Red Tube go, where you find exclusive clips around town. That wouldn't work. I think it would work. I think people would download the ever-loving shit out of it. You, you were whinging before that you're not doing because it, it use up all my data. <laughs> what about that? No, no, no. It wasn't about using up my data. It was using up my battery. I, the augmented reality thing okay. I thought would just churn through my battery. Yeah. But, but mostly for the fact that I, I like... Because I heard of like, you know, there's houses that have been designated as pokey centers. So, the people are like out on their front lawn. Imagine that scene. Just 15 guys out the front just yeah. pants off. <laughs> As you're trying to leave for work. Uh, Why not? (laughs) Um, Now, uh, the final thing I wanted to... Have we got time for something new? Can I introduce a new segment? Um, I wanted to introduce a segment that might run for a few weeks. It depends on how long we can do it for. But just as a little fun thing, difficult hypotheticals. And you don't have to respond to that if you don't want to. I'm I'm I'm, I'm expecting yes. I'm listening. It was (laughs) because... I heard I heard of a question it reminded me of one of these things that I was asked a while ago, and just curious. I've always thought that this sort of stuff is kind of fun. So I'm going to throw this one and I throw the question up, and we can discuss. Is this for the listeners as well to answer? Um, yeah, why not? I want I wanted to start a listener question of the week segment as well. So just mm. yeah. Oh, I forgot actually. Thank you to everyone that wrote in about the chanting of like Daryl yeah. that apparently does happen in a lot of different sports around yeah. the world, just as a way of getting on the players back. Yes, we read all of your responses. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you guys. Say you are there's a train hurtling down towards a fork in the tracks. Um on uh the train continues if the train continues on the path that it is going to go down. It's going, there's a, like, say there's a bus that's parked over the train lines. If it continues, it's going to run over and kill, say, 20 people or so, 20 to 30 people. You have the power to flick a switch that is going to divert that train down. Um, you had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that the train is on that path or the fact that the bus went down. So if it does hit them, it's not your fault. It's just that you happen to, uh, you're a passerby. If you flick that switch, it's going to go down another path where there are four people 
So, you know, there's a card that's broken down on that one. It's going to kill those four people. However, you will be directly responsible for having made that decision because you're the one that set the train down the path towards the four people. Do you let the train kill more people, be able to wash your hands and go, not my fault? Or do you take the greater good, but actually intentionally cause the deaths of four? And will the people know that I flicked the switch? Uh, Yes. It will be in the media spotlight. (laughs) What's the four people? Who are they? Well... If it's a family let's of two just, children, no, no, let's we'll, we'll take that out of it. Let's say for the to make it slightly easier for this hypothetical, they are all middle-aged white Australians, males. Every single person in this equation. Every single person in the equation. I'm gonna I'm gonna take out at least one variable. It's more about do you have the ability to take a life? I would go the four. You'd go the four. Yeah. Wipe them out. Yep. Oh, but okay, I'm making this up as I go along a little bit. You have to personally apologise to each of the surviving family members of that four. You have to justify to them why you killed them. I'd go the four and just cop it on the gin. Mm, good. Well, you could be a general someday. Yeah. Because they're the sorts of decisions that they need to make all yeah. the time. This has been hypotheticals. <laughs> <laughs> on four-figure discount. They're only going to get worse from here. My, uh, my, I want to start listening to question of the week. And it's just like, obviously, Simpsons-based question. I just mm. want to see him. Oh, you mean that we throw it out to the listeners? Yes. Okay. And you write in during the week. And I will... Read out the best responses next week, or Mitchell read out the best responses next week. So I was thinking, just start an easy one off. What is your favourite season of The Simpsons and why? We've we've answered that question before on the show. Mine's Many season times. seven, yours is season five. Is yeah. it? Yeah. So I want to hear what other people think because I had I was speaking to a person the other day and their favourite season is season twelve. Did you club them? No, no. <laughs> but, uh, Did you pull out your baton? But it it bothers me when people just think if it's past season ten, it must be shit. It's not the case at no, all. No, of course it's not. I was being flippant. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but. I would love to hear what you guys think. So, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. What is your favourite season of The Simpsons and why? I want you to explain to me exactly why and the best responses will be read out on next week's show by Mitch. Cool. I look forward to it. Yes. So, thanks for listening to our review of Separate Vocations. It's been fun. It's been very fucking long. Before we let you guys go, I just want to thank you all once again to everyone who has rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store. If you haven't done it, please do so. It really helps us boost up the rankings. Just go onto iTunes, give us a five-star review and just put a couple of words as to why you love the show and as why other people should start listening to the show for new listeners. Also, as, you, as we always say, like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You haven't been doing much Twitter this week, I noticed. I noticed today. Nothing since June 30th, and I put that one up. What's going on there? Mitch? I saw that you'd taken over, so I just... <laughs> taken over? No, 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 no. Not taken over. Done, done something is the, is the fucking answer there. <laughs> well, I'm not good at it. <laughs> but, but people are writing in heaps now, and I'm like, are you going to respond to them? I haven't seen anything come through. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> so, at, at Four Finger Pod, it's Mitch's job this week. He's going to reply to everyone who tweets through to at Four Finger Pod. So if you want to hear from Mitch, yeah, that's right. 47 notifications. So go this to. This is not 47 <laughs> notifications. Go to at Four Finger Pod and send Mitch a message and he will 120% write back to you. So, in saying that, Mitch, any final words? Um, no. Well, you know, tweet me for my final words. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll get them to you individually. Thanks for listening, guys. Shh.